You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Associate Minister Joel Snibson. Today's reading comes from Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he had found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hello, St. John's. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray as we open it today that you'll speak to us and fill us with your joy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, one thing I really do not enjoy is moving house. I don't think anybody likes moving. There's a certain level of trauma of literally putting your whole life into boxes with a deadline. There's a true saying, when you think it's the last box, it isn't the last box. Anyway, our family moved into Diamond Creek at the start of the year. In the process of packing in the garage, I found these dusty old boxes from growing up. Finding these boxes was like visiting a museum of my past treasures. Firstly, I found a giant bag of marbles. Might be showing my age here, but in primary school, marbles were a craze. Sure, we played, but my memories were all about the wheeling and dealing and swapping at recess. The freckled ones were worth more than the cat eyes. The bigger tombolas were worth more again, and the pearl ones were worth the most. Then I found my footy cards. This was later in primary school, early high school, and I saved to get the complete set of players, some cards I even got autographed. Some cards came with coupons from the Herald Sun, And I took really good care of them. I put them in these plastic sleeves to keep them new. And also in the box was a photo of my group of friends. This was later in high school and we were smiling and laughing, our arms around each other. We would spend every day together, always hanging out at one friend's house whose parents were literally always away. We were best of friends. See, in my move, I found things and memories of people where at one point in time, I thought without these things, my life was not worth living. They were my treasures. Well, today we continue our series in Matthew 13 about Jesus' parables of the kingdom of of heaven. And our parable today about the treasure and the pearl is actually sandwiched between the parable of the weeds and the parable of the net. And both have the same point. Jesus and God's kingdom will separate people's responses. The wheat from the weeds, likewise the good fish from the bad fish. And this separation ultimately happens by God on the last day. But right now, some people will respond to Jesus' message, yet others will miss it or reject it. In Matthew 13, we have seen that the kingdom treasure is so easily missed For some people, it is literally right under their noses hearing Jesus, but they completely miss what he's saying, hearing but not understanding. Two weeks ago, Kirk reminded us why it's all about our heart's response. Either we have soft hearts or hard, calloused hearts towards Jesus. 
And today's parable about the treasure and the pearl is about what the response looks like for those who find the kingdom. Let's have a look. Matthew 13, verses 44 to 46. The kingdom of heaven is like the treasure hidden in the field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. See, in Jesus' day, there was no banks to deposit money or safe deposit boxes. So what people did is they buried their valuables literally in the ground to hide them. In military battles, people would bury their valuables, anticipating looting from soldiers, and sometimes they sadly wouldn't survive. In one place in Israel, there's this archaeological site where they found huge finds of precious metals and other treasures where locals had buried them. So finding valuable treasure was really on the cards in Jesus' day, like winning Tats Lotto, but with better odds. And legally, the position of the finder was entitled to keep the treasure. So, um, but that wasn't always this simple. In verse 44, the guy was an ordinary employee or day labourer. And if you're a day labourer, even if you found the treasure, legally, the employer could argue that the labourer was finding it on their behalf, particularly if they owned the land. So this is why this guy, instead of digging up the treasure when he found it, he quickly buried it again um, to then buy the land and get the treasure. So as we reflect on this parable, my first point is kingdom treasure is true happiness. Both this treasure and this pearl were personally found by two completely different guys at the opposite ends of society. The guy who finds the treasure is an ordinary working class guy And the merchant who finds the pearl was a qualified professional in his field. The guy who finds the treasure stumbles across it, while the merchant has been intentionally seeking it out all his life. One guy is poor and regular, the other guy is rich and successful. But see how these two completely different guys respond. The first guy in his joy, the second guy finding great value. These guys valued what they found so much that they did whatever it takes to secure it. It was so precious and made everything else worth nothing in comparison. See, the biggest lie from the enemy is that God's kingdom is all about misery. The idea that following Jesus means anything fun or happy, exciting or thrilling is taken away from us so we don't go to hell. Picture images from The Handmaid's Tale. Yes, Jesus calls us to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. But this narrow path in following Jesus, while it involves sacrifice, this is nothing compared to the abundant life he offers us. So these guys sell everything because the kingdom wasn't about hardship or obligation, but pure delight. Queen Elizabeth II's funeral was last Monday night, and For the last few weeks, we've had non-stop coverage about her life. And as people have described the Queen's service, the language has been things like a life committed to duty. Indeed, this is true, and duty is not a bad thing. 
Yet as you read her public addresses over the years, statements about her faith in Jesus, it is clear her service went beyond mere obligation or duty. It certainly wasn't begrudging. Her faith in Jesus was sparked in a personal way and consequently the Queen's public service showed that increasingly it wasn't the monarchy but her trust in the Lord Jesus which was her true treasure and crown and I dare say this was the basis of her consistency and faithfulness over many years. Jesus here is saying his kingdom is not about duty and obligation but incredible joy. I want, to, I want you to be honest. Practically right now, what is your mentality about the kingdom? Maybe feeling guilt for not giving more or serving on that team or feeling obligated to come to that church event because you think you should. Jesus is saying this is not what the kingdom is about. Yes, we're called to obediently serve and give and love others selflessly. But this is to be an overflow of our worship of the Lord Jesus. See, often the problem is we can miss our true kingdom treasure, falling to find joy in treasures of this world. So what in life makes you happy the most? What is that thing that you share with others with excitement and where passion and emotion can be heard in your voice? What do other people say that you are passionate about? See, these guys' radical responses ultimately show what makes us happy determines our top priorities. See, our highest priorities are demonstrated in very practical ways. They regularly pop up in our internet bank statement and apps. They quickly fill up our calendars. Even if you usually struggle to say no, you will say no to guarding priorities that you treasure. We protect our priorities, don't we? Maybe these things increasingly becoming the reason for conflict in your marriage or letting your friends down. And Jesus makes a point of this earlier in Matthew in chapter 6 where he says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. As we look at the Bible, time and time again in the Old Testament, God's message to his people was, I don't want your ritual or lip service or a Sunday morning I want, your, I want your whole hearts. I want me to be your highest affection and joy. See, God wants us to be happy as Jesus is our deepest joy. So what does our internet banking, our calendars, our disagreements at home show is our true priority and joy? Maybe looking for happiness in climbing the corporate ladder or achieving financial security, looking a certain way, having perfect kids, living for travel or a political outcome or comfort in that addiction. See, as my dusty boxes and my life since has shown me, finding happiness in things like my friends, in sport, in my career have all failed to give me the lasting joy I was looking for. And I'll come back to this. These other treasures will all let you down in some point, in some way. At some point, they will fail to give us the joy that we're seeking in them because they were never meant to be our highest source of joy. Tim Keller says this, God is not upset at you because you want to be happy. He's upset for you because you choose to be happy in things besides him. See, it's not that God is insecure or, or needs our attention. He knows that we are really missing out when we seek happiness in these other places. 
Let us be captured by the value and worth of who Jesus is, the one who left behind all the wealth and comforts of heaven for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And through Jesus dying and rising, he welcomes us into his wonderful kingdom and makes us his children. My second point is kingdom joy compels us to give up other treasures. Notice here there's only one pearl of great value. See, the rich pearl merchant effectively makes himself poor getting this value and beautiful pearl. It practically meant that all the other exquisite pearls in his collection, he happily sacrificed because of this one pearl was worth more than all of them combined. Notice their joy in their find causing both guys to respond urgently to the kingdom. They take decisive action when they encountered the great treasure, immediately selling everything. But we, we often want to bet each way. We want the blessings of the kingdom treasure without giving up the other treasures in our lives. So we play church instead of wholeheartedly following Jesus. Our hearts continue to be captured by these other things. And Jesus here doesn't allow this to be an option. This misses the whole point. Like these two guys, kingdom joy can only be found when Jesus is our highest priority, taking place of this other stuff competing for our happiness. As I got older and I became more independent, some of my treasures in the box that I found took on a bigger and bigger place in my heart and my life. For example, my love for footy cards turned into a love for AFL itself and I got to the point where I couldn't miss ever seeing a footy game. I had a whole community of friends I'd go and see it with. The idea of missing a game, even on TV, would be devastating for me. But at 19, as I counted Jesus in a new way and he became my treasure, God exposed these other treasures competing with him in my life. Something had to give and it couldn't be a bet each way anymore. See, my true happiness and priorities were exposed at that stage. I was missing church, even important family commitments for a game. As Jesus, as Jesus became bigger in my life, I was convicted at a heart level that my love for AFL had to be put in its right place, meaning I started to want to prioritise church and my family and other things. I got to a point where it was okay to choose to miss a game, but it was a struggle at first. See, Jesus being our treasure is in the very practical things of life. But for me, it didn't end there. If you know the term FOMO, fear of missing out, well, in my early 20s, I had it bad. As I began to grow my faith, my highest priority was no longer AFL, but what crept in was living for the weekend, maybe because I'm an extrovert, but the prospect of not having some amazing plan every Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night and Sunday afternoon with my friends was so depressing for me. So my weekends became always fully booked at the most popular places in town and people around me always every weekend. But as Jesus was now my treasure, he allowed me to become increasingly lonely despite people being around me all the time. Through different circumstances, some of my friends were no longer around and it took the work of the Spirit in me to discover joy in spending a Saturday night all on my own. This wasn't devastating or missing out. I discovered I could enjoy time with Jesus, growing a friendship with him and maybe rest as well. 
See, time alone with God became a wonderful treasure that my heart previously didn't even believe was enough to be, make me happy. Ironically, now I'm a minister and a dad, so most Saturday nights I am at home. God is funny that way. But in our parable, both these guys experience treasure of great value that they gladly leave the other stuff to experience it. Their priorities are clear. See, most Christians I have known have experienced a loss of something valuable to them as they found true treasure in Jesus. What treasure is competing for Jesus in you? What things would make you utterly depressed if it was taken away from you? Back when I found my boxes, well, over years, these treasures at one point in time was my whole world. There was a time when the marbles were, were replaced with my passion for the footy cards. And then later in high school, the footy cards were replaced with hanging out with my friends. I don't know what is in your dusty boxes in your garage, but life often exposes that many of our earthly treasures don't last the test of time or really provide deep joy like the kingdom does. See, both these guys sold everything out of self-interest to get something far greater for themselves. Knowing Jesus, God's kingdom is the ultimate path to happiness, but do we believe it? Even if we love Jesus, giving up some of these other treasures can be really hard. And Jesus can't come first in our lives without the Holy Spirit's supernatural work in our hearts. But God encourages us to take the first step and he will faithfully give us the strength and help to let some of these other things go. See, some of these other treasures, God's asked us to give up for a time or even indefinitely because they have too much hold on our hearts and lives because they cause us to stumble. If something is an addiction and is controlling you, Putting Jesus as our highest treasure actually demands that we completely remove this thing from our life because they can't be had in moderation under Jesus. For me, there was a season I didn't even go to the footy because I just wanted to prioritise relationships at church and other things that I had neglected. But other treasures, God is not necessarily asking us to completely give up, but rather take their rightful place. See, for me, following Jesus while having FOMO doesn't mean that I would give up socialising altogether on weekends. See, if you're idolising your children, if you're too much obsessed with being a foodie, that doesn't mean you give up your kids for adoption or give up eating altogether. But often we are to live with these things in their right order under Jesus. And as we submit these things to him, they actually end up better and more enjoyable in their right place. This guy, Andrew Katay, says this, Godliness is loving little things little, medium things medium, and big things big, because Jesus loves us infinitely, and so we love him most of all. The reality is our hearts will always be tempted by these other treasures, and we're called to continually prioritise Jesus until the day we die. But our hearts and minds constantly need to be reminded of the glory of Jesus. So we put other treasures under him. But let me be clear, we cannot enter the kingdom or be saved by sacrificing things in our lives. Jesus has done this for us. 
But as we find joy in Him, it's amazing how He transforms our desires and our priorities to be according to His. As we continue with Jesus, we get to encounter new, beautiful dimensions of His grace, new treasures in different stages and circumstances of life. I hope you know this. But like my boxes in the garage, those things that once ruled our hearts, we can now consider rubbish and leave to gather dust, knowing that God's kingdom is far better. So what needs to be shelved in the cardboard box for you? If you're investigating Christianity, consider how earthly treasures in your life have actually let you down and failed to deliver lasting joy. How these things have even impacted on your relationships with others negatively, controlling you, and it might not feel like the freedom at once promised. Let's stop killing ourselves for what truly doesn't satisfy. I encourage you to get to know Jesus, read about his life in the Gospels, encounter his upside-down kingdom that generously welcomes you, offering you lasting joy. Psalm 34 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I promise you, the kingdom, this kingdom treasure lasts and sustains us in the happy and the mundane and even the difficult times of life as we study, as we're parents at home, at work, with the family, in our friendships. And we don't do this alone. We're invited to experience this kingdom firsthand in community. Encounter the glory of Jesus with others in a life group during the week. Spiritual family where we're known and loved. To the young people, as you reflect on what's most important in your life, if you've been coming to church with your parents or maybe your partner drags you along, maybe you come or watch church because your friends do or they're here, have you experienced joy in knowing Jesus for yourself? Is faith real for you in a sense that it's a relationship with that you know God? If not yet, I encourage you to pray today to ask God to give you happiness in Jesus that nothing else can deliver. Maybe you've been a Christian for many years and you're feeling a little spiritually dry. Maybe your prayer life or attitude to serving or involvement at church has become a duty or obligation. That joy in Jesus that once compelled you to radically hold other treasures loosely, well, maybe it's grown cold lately. If spiritually you don't have much in the tank, I want to encourage us today that God doesn't need much faith. As Andy shared last week, God is the one that does the kingdom growth in us, and it starts with the smallest of mustard seeds. He grows our faith into the largest trees for the birds. God grows our love and affection for Jesus, and he is the one who can soften and even give us new hearts. But like these two guys in our parable today, let's respond to the kingdom with urgency. If Jesus alone offers us lasting joy, let's decisively take this moment to respond to him. May he be our treasure. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek. 